Alright church, let's continue to sing. We're going to sing Silent Night. Go ahead, put your hands together now.
I want to welcome you to the Coastal LA Regional Christmas Service. It's great to be together. Um, if you're visiting with us, what we have today is a family of churches that meet in different parts of uh, this Coastal LA area, all coming together. We do this a few times a year, and it's so awesome to see one another and to be together. We have uh, the South Bay Church, which normally meets here every Sunday, so if you're visiting with us, uh, we're grateful to have you here. This is our normal spot. We have the West Side Church with us, which normally meets up in uh, Santa Monica. We have the Greater Long Beach uh, Ministry, which meets, meets, down, meets down that way. Uh, we have the Metro, the uh, MLA service, which is uh, Latin speaking, as well as the MOE service. I'm not going to try to say it in Spanish. And uh, we have uh, uh, singles, we have teens, we have uh, college students, we have marrieds, all kinds of people here together, young and old. It's great to be together. We're glad that you're with us. We're doing something a little bit different today. We're not going to have a, a sermon. We're going to have a living sermon, as Andy Wingy called it. We're going to have a presentation, a production, a play that's going to present the, the word of God to us today. So I want to set that up a little bit by looking at a scripture. So please go ahead and be turning over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you'd turn there with me. The title of the play is, What's Ch- What Child Is This? And uh, it's based on the, uh, the story uh, that we see in two of the Gospels and uh, that has been told for 2,000 years of how Jesus came into this earth. I don't know about you, but I grew up hearing about the Christmas story uh, from a very young age. Most people did that grew up in this country. Uh, You might have not grown up that way, but probably many of us did. And I also grew up hearing other Christmas stories like the story of Santa Claus or the story of Frosty, the snowman, or the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And what can happen is we can start to view the Christmas story almost like it's one uh, one of those other stories. We can start to view what happened with Joseph and Mary and the, the manger and, you know, the three wise men. and all. That. It kind of becomes this sort of fairy tale, right? And yet it's in the Bible. It's something that really happened. And that's the thing I want to impress on you today is that this is a real story. It's something that really happened. Joseph was a real person. Mary was a real person. They had a real family. They grew up in a real place. And uh, there's some lessons to be learned from their experience. And so as we uh, see what, what's demonstrated on stage, I encourage you to put yourself in the story. Imagine if I were Joseph, what would I be feeling? If I were Mary, what would I be feeling? Uh, and, and try to kind of think, okay, this really happened. What can I learn from this? Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And skipping down to verse 26, it says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Can I get an amen to that? But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. 
God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So when we look at, at this scripture, it's saying God purposely chooses ordinary things. God purposely chooses ordinary people. When Jesus chose his followers, it was said of them, they're unschooled and ordinary men. So the one thing I want you to take away from the play today and from, from what's going on on stage is God uses ordinary people. God uses ordinary people just like you and me. Joseph was an ordinary guy. Mary was an ordinary young woman, and yet God chose them and did something special. If I think about Joseph for a minute and what his experience was, uh, think about it for a second, brothers. Imagine your wife. First of all, there's the whole situation with how she became pregnant. We're not even going to talk about that, but imagine, put yourself in that world, you know. Now she's about to have a baby, and you've got to go somewhere else to, to do this government thing. Anybody have to ever go to the DMV before? Marco and I were talking about the other day how much we hate going to the DMV and how we'll do anything to not go to the DMV. But imagine you've got to go to the DMV. But not only do you have to go to the DMV, it's 100 miles away. And not only do you have to go to the DMV and, and fill out a bunch of paperwork and it's 100 miles away, but you've got to go there on foot. And not only do you have to go to the DMV and you've got to fill out a bunch of paperwork, you've got to go there on foot, your wife has to go along with you. Not only does she have to go along with you, but she's about to have a baby. And she's got to go 100 miles riding on a donkey. I mean, this is a tough situation. Then you get there, and there's nowhere for you to stay because so many other people had to come into town. There's not a single place for you to stay, not a single human residence for you to stay in. I mean, what are you feeling as a husband and a future father right now? I mean, I, I don't know if Mary, if Mary nagged him or not. You know, she was not sinless. She's about to have a baby. There's nowhere for them to stay. I mean, again, put yourself in that situation. And yet, God, you know, Joseph didn't know the rest of the story. We've heard it all growing up. So for us, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. They were in the stable, and it was pretty and nice. And they were with animals. Do you know what I'm saying? If you've ever been to a petting zoo, it doesn't smell great. And they're in this place for animals. They have to put the baby in a feeding trough for animals. This is an amazing story. So I want you to kind of go back there. Put yourself in the mindset of these characters as we, as we go through the play. And ultimately, the message of the nativity story is the same as the message of the cross. And it's foolishness to those who are perishing, the scripture says. But it's that God uses ordinary people. And God, you don't know all of the time what God is doing. At the time of the cross, people thought, oh, it's over. And it was God's greatest triumph. Joseph and Mary can't find anywhere to stay. And they're thinking, what is God doing? This is horrible. And yet it's an amazing story of what God did and the way God chose to come into the world in the most humble way possible. Not born of a king, not born in a palace, but born in a stable. We're going to have the, the production and then we're going to ha have Joe Eads come and give us a prayer for communion in a bit after we've had our time to reflect on these things. Let's bow and say a word of prayer and then we'll continue on with our story. God, thank you that you decided to stoop down and become low and decided to enter the world the way that you did. You could have been born to any family, born at any time in history, born in any place, and yet you chose to be born to a, a poor family on the road. 
in the midst of life's chaos. And God, it just gives us something we can relate to because so much of our life is chaos and craziness. And Father, help us to look for you in those times and help us to look for the way that you're working. And I pray we can all learn today from looking at this story and looking at how Jesus came into the world and pray that it would minister to all of us. And Thank you for everyone that's put time into making this an awesome production. And I pray that uh, it, it just goes off well and we all learn a lot from it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
You got God has really blessed your hard work here. Great job, guys. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. The kids did sound great. Uh, can we clear out the stage, please? Of we course. have to continue auditioning people for the nativity scene. Of course, of course. Come on, little angels. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go, little professionals. Come on, let's go. Off the stage. Let's go. Watch yourself. Let's go, let's go. That's it. Just keep it moving. Thank you. All right. Let's keep things moving here. Uh, we are auditioning for the angel. Who is up next? Hello. I guess I'm next. Ready to give my audition. Great. Tell me a little about yourself before you read. Oh, well, believe it or not, my name is Angel. Oh, I've heard of all over the years with a name like that. I bet you have. <laughs> what made you want to audition for the role of the angel for the live nativity? Well, I am an actress. <laughs> and a pretty good one, if I may say so myself. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, yep, I've been acting since I was a little wee one in community theater uh, with Annie. Annie. Uh, you know, the little orphan Yes, uh, yes, I see. Uh, I've played Maria in West Side Story and the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera. You played the Phantom? Well, uh, yeah, they were a little short on men that summer, so, well, I don't believe in an obstacle getting in my way. But, you know, I must say my rendition of the Phantom was a little more a soprano than it was a low baritone. Christine, Christine, they can make you. Well, it's okay. You, you, you sound more than qualified. Oh, oh, I hope so. I've played every role in the living nativity except my name, the angel. I think it's about time. Go ahead and grab the script oh, and read the angel's lines. All righty. Joseph, Joseph, son of Mary, don't be afraid to take your wife. Wait, 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 go, go ahead. Stop, stop for a minute, please. I'm sorry? Um, you do realize this isn't a musical? You are singing the script. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, I, I, I just assumed we were going to... Jazz it up a little. Well, a virgin who is with child is pretty jazzed up, don't you think? So true. Go ahead and take another shot at it. Call, call. Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
she shall bring forth a sign. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. You read that passage really great. Great. Well, let, let's do it again. But this you know, time maybe. I, I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I just had kind of a, an Oprah light bulb moment. <laughs> well, it's just that the angel made like the biggest announcement ever. <laughs> I mean, if you add up all the announcements on this planet, I mean, she delivered the big Lebowski. <laughs> I mean, it's like the angel was the first instant messenger. She, I am to marry Joseph and the shepherds. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Never thought of it that way. An instant messenger. <laughs> Good. Well, why don't you read it again? I'm so sorry. I'll have to pass. That's a big responsibility to say these lines and no method acting would ever prepare me for this role. Well, I don't want you to act. I want you to put yourself in the angel's shoes. Angels had shoes? <laughs> Uh, wings. I bet you meant wings. You want me to put myself in the angel's wings. Well, what I mean is we are supposed to carry on this great announcement. As you put it, be instant messengers to the world, your neighborhood, your group of friends. So think of it in those terms. You lost me. You know, what if I sing wind beneath my wings? Did you ever know that you're my hero? Wait, wait, I, I want you to stop holding on to what you know and what you're comfortable with. And just surrender and trust that I've got a plan and purpose for this. I know you may have doubts, but just dive in. Okay. All right. Diving in. In my bikini. All right. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Really great angel. angel. You made it? It was good. say that, but I'll get back to you very soon. In the meantime, maybe you could put that name of yours to use. You're already a messenger with the greatest news ever told. Oh, there I go, making it about me again. I'm sorry, sorry. Sorry. All right, let's take a look at actors for the role of Joseph. Oh, hi, hi. Um, I'm Joe. Uh, Joe Steelman. Hey, Joe. Why are you auditioning for the role of Joseph today? Well, uh, God's honest. My wife wanted me to. Oh, so this is not something you volunteered oh, on your own? Nope, nope. Oh. Not at all. Oh, say it ain't so, Joe. I can't. I wish I could, but... I mean, my wife thinks I'm some kind of caveman, you know, spending too much time watching Sports Center or some such, as if that's even possible. Says I, 
care way more about NASCAR and Doug Dynasty than I do to give them back to the body of Christ. I see. Well, Joseph is a big role. The earthly father of the Messiah trekked a trail from their hometown to Bethlehem on foot over 300 miles to register for the census. Married a woman who was pregnant with the Son of God. Big shoes to fill. Yeah, about that. Um, maybe I should have just auditioned for a shepherd or something. All they seem to care about is watching sheep and keeping to themselves. Again, it's my wife's idea for me to audition for Joseph, seeing as that's my full name, Joseph. Joseph Arlene Stalman. Arlene? Yep. <laughs> my wife, my, my mom, my mama was, she was a twin. And her sister's name was Arlene. And I was the only boy in a, in a family of all girls, so hence I get stuck with my aunt's middle name, Arlene. And I was embarrassing. Humiliating. It kind of makes you want to run and hide under a rock when your mama gets mad at you and starts yelling, Joseph Arlene Stillman, now you put that cat down. God did not put them on this earth for you to make boomerangs out of. You know, mama always had a very sensitive side of the feline community. Well, I, I guess somebody had to. You just might be perfect for the role of Joseph, Joe. Well, see, I guess I'm just not tasting your Kool-Aid there. <laughs> well, here's the deal. All the emotions you have felt, the confusion, the embarrassment, humiliation, disillusionment, Joseph felt all of those. Now, wait a second. I, you know, I've seen the live nativity, and I, he always just seems so happy. Just all grinning down, a little baby Jesus, grinning like a possum eating a sweet tater. <laughs> See, it, ain't no none of those emotions in the manger. How do you think Joseph got to that moment? What do you think were the emotions going on in Joseph's heart, soul, and mind when the angel delivered the news that Mary would be with child carrying the Son of God? Boy, howdy. You know, I, I never thought of it like that. You know, I guess I just always pictured him saying okie-dokie and be good with it. Well, it was probably a major blow to his world. He had to decide whether to follow what the angel Gabriel told him, crazy as it sounded, or do what's best for him. Golly. You know, I guess... Guess that's how I always kind of live my life. You know, just I'm just more of a live and let live kind of guy. Well, it's easier to be that way, but think about what it says in Luke 1.19. The angel Gabriel told Joseph, I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Do you think this was good news at first for Joseph or did he have to wrestle with what everyone would think? You know I reckon in, in some ways uh, it wasn't his will be done, but God's will. Exactly. Kind of like my situation. Not my will, but my wife's. Well, mm, no. Now uh, you've gone uh, off track. But Sorry. speaking of a union, uh, Joseph, after hearing the news, being a righteous man, wanted to divorce Mary quietly so it wouldn't be brought out in the public. Back then, even during an engagement, it took... Two witnesses to legally get a divorce. He thought Mary was unfaithful. It wasn't until the angel said to marry her and take her home that Joseph followed. Boy, howdy. Man. You know, I guess if, if, uh, if Joseph felt and wondered all these things, then uh, well, maybe I am right for this part. Yeah. <laughs> 
Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. I think you are. I think you nailed your audition with the simple realization it's not your will but God's. His son would say the same exact thing 33 years later as he died for the sins of the world. Golly. You know, I'm sure glad he did that for me. I'm going to be thinking about that when I'm looking down at at little baby Jesus there. (laughs) I guess that's what you theater folks call getting into character. (laughs) Something like that. All righty then. Oh, um, one more thing. Uh, do I got to wear one of them biblical robe thingamajobs? You do. Oh, can we do that a little bit differently? I mean, I got my camo hunting poncho. I could wear that. It's kind of like a robe. <laughs> Sorry. Not your will. Right. Right. Gotcha. Joe. Yes, sir. Give me that Joseph pose one more time. No room, no light, no in open to stay. Every place so crowded this night. Low looks, high hopes, nine months so slow. People cry for, oh, they stop and they stare. How they glare, thinking we're in shame. Open, my heart is broken. Why this stable? He should be born in a place full of grace, honor, and light. God is with us. Where's his palace? Must be showing his love. The creator of light from on high, born in the strong. Christmas time, Christmas time. 
examples and all you want. Things on the sorrows and cure our diseases. Sing of a song, the man born Jesus. So take the heart and bows of holly, born in a manger, and that was an only word. Keep all this life as a self sacrifice, God as a baby. of holly, born in a manger, and that was an only word. Give all his life as a self-sacrifice. God as a baby, the man for Jesus. So deck the halls with boughs of holly, born in a manger, and that was an only word. Give all his life as a self-sacrifice. God as a baby, the man born Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, yes, it is. You are in the right place. I thought it was. Siblings, siblings, siblings. Unique New York, unique New York, unique. My name is George Clooney. Uh, not the actor George Clooney, although we do look a lot alike. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Are you two related? I don't know, okay? I'm still searching on FamilyTree.com. We'll see about that. Oh, well, welcome, George. Yeah. So, you are here to audition for the live nativity scene this year. I am. I am. I'm very excited about this. I think if you add me to the production, I, I think I could add a lot to it. Great. You know great. What, uh, which character are you auditioning for? <laughs> Funny you should say that. Uh, you know, I was looking over the script, and it seems like the character is in the play, but just not in the live nativity, and I'd like to, to add it in this year. That's okay. So, you yeah. want to audition for a character who is not even in the live nativity. Correct. God, you were so easy to talk to. It's true what people say about you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd like to add, add something in there. I think if you allowed me to add my idea, I could really chew up the scenery, you know? Help me. Help you. Which yeah? character are you talking about? King Herod. Huh? Herod. Yeah. I know. Right? Now, you're feeling it, too, you know. Where's Herod? You're wondering the same thing. I, I know. It's, a, it's okay. It's okay. Give a minute to breathe. Let it wash over you. I'm sorry. Wondering what? Why the king wasn't a part of the live nativity? I mean, he's, a, he's the one to start the, the, the census and all. Why isn't he involved? Where is he? He's the bad guy in the story. Exactly. Every great story has a villain. Darth Vader. Huh? The Decepticons. John Wilkes Booth. Gargamel. Hans Gruber. Khan! Let's get Herod right in the middle of all of it. He sends the wise men to go and check things out. Oh. Right. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's why you're the uh, director. Okay, how about this? Uh, no. Wait, he's one of the wise men, right? And then, boom, goes the dynamite. There he is, laughing, his King Herod laugh. <laughs> I have you now, my little pretty. You and your little drummer boy, too. I 
think you just quoted a spy movie and The Wizard of Oz at the same time. Exactly. Let's change up the greatest story ever told. He wanted to kill Jesus. He wanted to kill all the male babies around so he would still be king. He tried to outsmart God. Yes. And he almost did it, too. He didn't. Not even close. Why don't you just pick a character who was an actual eyewitness (laughs) to the greatest story ever told? No, I I don't want to. First of all, all the characters that were actually on scene were dirty, poor, no flashy clothes. It's not, uh, how how do I say this to you? It's today. Well, that's the only way it can work. No. George. No, 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 no. I want it my way. My story is a great idea. My idea is a great idea. Let's change the story. My story. Oh, that's where you and so many people get it wrong. It's not your story. It's his story. Sorry. Sorry. All right. The script isn't about you. I would love for you to play a part in this story. Yeah. But when you've made it about you and your ideas, uh-huh. we lose sight of why we even celebrate the greatest story. I, I got it. I got it. Amen. <laughs> got it. Uh, good. No. All right. I got it. My, my ego's not my amigo. I got it. I, uh, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll play uh, audition for the shepherd. He uh, saw an angel, carries a big stick. Sure, sure, a shepherd. Good. Or, Great. or I might have another wait idea a for you. Okay, wait, wait. He's not a shepherd, okay? He's not a shepherd, but a time traveler, all right? That gets, that gets sent back from 8th century B.C., and he knows all this stuff, okay? And he helps everyone, and he saves the world from despair and destruction. That's what Jesus did. Next. I'm ready to see people who want to audition for Mary. Next. Okay, I'm here. Uh, are you here to audition? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, I'm here to play Mary. Well, you have to audition. Okay. What's that? Audition means you read the script, and I see... If you'd be right to play Mary. Oh, I thought I just showed up and I got the part. No, no, doesn't work that way. But tell me, why do you want to audition? Well, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me? Okay, okay, I'm ready. Tell me why you wanted to audition. Oh, my mom made me. She said it'd be good for my personality. I have an awesome personality. Well, Mary was the mother of the Son of God. She had a lot on her mind. She had an angel talk to her who set her life on a whole new course. Yeah, that's cool. She was also worshipped. That's cool, too. I'd like to be worshipped. See, my mom didn't think of that. I did. That's why I have an awesome personality. Well, it wasn't about Mary. It's about the child she carried who we worship. Huge difference. 
Worshiping Mary is not what God had in mind. Okay. Mr. Director, do I have to say anything, or can I just, like, kneel here and look longingly at baby Jesus? I could do that. See? I could also look at baby Jesus and then back at Joseph. That was good, right? Do I get it? No, I don't think you do get it on so many levels. Well, let's try this. Read Luke 1, 46 through 49. My mom didn't say I had to read. I am bursting with good news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others, and his mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe of him. Pretty cool, huh? Way cool. Wait, what are you doing? I'm Facebooking and tweeting my followers on this amazing moment I'm having. (sighs) Look, I I see how hard it is for you, and even adults, to believe that it's not all about you. In a sense, we all worship something other than God. You know, the place you pour out all the best energies. The thing that defines who you are. The thing you absolutely can't live without? The kind of God who will die if not plugged into the wall at night? Ouch! True. Guilty. Okay, Mr. Director, I want to do this. I want to play Mary and look longingly at baby Jesus. Well, I think I have another part for you. It's not a flashy role or even a role that would warrant a lot of uh, tweets, but it could be the greatest role of your life. Greatest role of my life? I'll do it. Well, I haven't told you the role yet. It doesn't matter. I'll do it. You sure? Sure. Totally. What is it? Props. You'll be in charge of the manger scene. What? Ah, boy. Anyone else want to audition for Mary? Uh, hi. Um, I'm Connie, um, which is so opposite of Mary. Uh, Connie. Um, such a hard name. I was named after my aunt. Mary is such a sweet, soft name. You're fine. Uh, thanks for taking time to come out today and audition. Okay. So, you want to portray the role of Mary in the live nativity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So sorry. auditioning for the live nativity scene. The food is in the fridge. Yes, stick it in the microwave and put it on high for four minutes. On high. High! Um, Put our son on the phone. Hi, sweetie. Can you help daddy cook his dinner? (laughs) That's right. You stick it in the microwave. Uh Uh-huh. On level two for four minutes. Okay. Put daddy back on the phone. Enjoy. I'm so sorry. My world just never stops. Totally okay. You have a lot in common with Mary. 
Her world didn't stop either. You're right, which makes it even more perfect. You know, I've seen the live nativity so many times I thought, I could stand there and hold a baby. Heaven knows I have three. Are you ready to read some lines for Mary? She has lines? I mean, I didn't think there were any lines. I just always saw her stand there looking longingly at baby Jesus. And then every now and then she looks up at Joseph. And then she does this back and forth, Jesus to Joseph, Joseph, Mary, Joseph to Jesus. See, watch. Look at baby Jesus. And then back to Joseph. And then she looks at baby Jesus. And then back to Joseph. See, I can do that. But reading lines? It's Mary. She's the mom of the Son of God. I wouldn't even know what she sounds like. I assure you the lines are straight from the Bible. Yeah, that makes but, our script. But what? Well, I read the script or the, the Bible. See? Luke 1.30. And the angel said to her, Mary, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Yes. And... Well, I, I don't know if I've found favor with God. So I would want my words or my life to misrepresent what took place that day. I could pose, though, and look longingly at baby Jesus. Oh, I hear what you're saying, Connie. Well, that's what we all should be doing this holiday and every day. Oh, my God. I'm so... Oh, it's my mom. She hasn't been feeling very well. Can I just for a minute? Hello? Hi, Mom. Well, I'm currently auditioning for Mary for the live nativity. Yes, the Virgin Mary. Yes, Mom. I realize that. What's up? Oh, sure. I can come over right after this. No, no, not a problem. Uh, your grandson made dinner, so we're all fine. Huh? You can tell me who you saw on Fox News when I come over, okay? Love you, too. <laughs> Bye, Mom. I'm really sorry. I really messed this audition up. I'll just get my things. No, 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 no. I think the part of Mary would be perfect for you. Huh? Just as Mary had doubts and questioned the angel, saying, How can this be? I can see that you doubt, too. You see, Mary was favored. That means she was gracious, caring, considerate, freely giving of her love. I think you embody that totally. Oh, wow. I, I, I don't feel those things about me. I mean, as a mom and a wife, I just feel like I'm always griping or yelling and just trying to stay one step ahead of everything, but... Feeling like I'm always failing. Read Luke 1, 26 through 38. Um, okay. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord will give you him, the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible for God. I am your Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, the angel said she was highly favored. I'm just me. Connie, you're his child, too. Your name is beautiful to the creator of the universe. Seems impossible. But you just read that nothing is impossible for God. You'll do great, Connie. Yeah? Hey, I like the way you say my name. I can't wait to be in this play, even if just for one night. Maybe my world will spin a little slower. Maybe I can just be quiet for a little bit and just look at Jesus. You don't have to wait. Well, a wise woman once said, May it be to me as you have said.
let me tell you a story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. How fitting it is that he was born amongst the mess, in a barn full of animals and hay, in an unsafe, fallen world. No palace to shield him from the world, but a full view of humanity in a barn no less. As he grows, his story will become the greatest one that will be told for centuries, from one generation to the next. Nations will be divided because of his birth. Calendars will be divided in light of his birth. The world and all its business won't recognize him at first. Yet, there will be some who will realize a Savior has entered the world. He will see the Hurt, the anger, the pride, every hidden shame and frailty. And yet, he will still love. He will see true worship and see others run to empty wells for a quick fix. And yet, he will still love. When people read about him, they won't see a king's way of life. Yet, he will be called the king of kings. No crown was bestowed upon him, yet he will die wearing a crown of thorns as he gives his life so that they, we, may have an eternal one, a real life. Yes, he will hear the words, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased, pleased. He is indeed. Yes. How fitting it is that the Son of God was born in a manger amongst the mess. The world's mess. He will hear their cries and weep for them. He will hear their prayers and heal them. He will die a cruel death and rise again for them. Yes, some will see that though the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he came to give them life. Just as the prophet foretold, the Lord will give us a sign. The virgin will be with child and will bring forth a son and will call him Emmanuel. God with us.
Amen. Let's prepare to pray for the communion. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, Father, we are so, so thankful for all you have done for us. Father, right now I know myself, God, my heart is so full because, God, you have filled it up with all the many things, God, that has happened in our lives And yet, Father, we know that the best in our lives are yet to come because of you. Father, we pray this morning, Father, that we can have not just a holy night, but, Father, we can have holy days. Father, we thank you that you have come to this earth in such a humble fashion in order so that we can have a life and a relationship with the Father. Father, we are so grateful that, Father, you have come and live among us, Father, so that you will know the hurts and the pains and all of the things that we go through. And yet, you still love us. You still care for us. You still give to us. And, Father, we are full of joy. Father, right now, as we take the bread that represents your broken body that was broken for each and every one of us. Father, we remember how you suffered. We remember, Father, because, Father, we know that in this life we will suffer. But, Father, we know that it was all done for us. Father, as we take the fruit of the vine that represents your blood, that cleanses every sin in our lives. Father, we pray for healing. We pray that you can continue to heal us as a people. Father, right now as we come before you this morning, Father, we never ever want to forget what you have done for us so that we can do more for others. Father, in this time, Father, let us reflect on everything that you have done for us so that we can live a life full. Father, we thank you that you love us the way that you do. We pray all of these things in your son's precious name. Amen.
before we go any further, I think it would please God for us to, to spend a moment to think about all that went in to what we just witnessed. The countless hours of practice, the thoughtfulness, the appropriate use of scripture, the inspiration, showing humanity at a place where God had to reach down very low so he could get to all of us. I think it would be appropriate and would please God to show our appreciation for Gina Stickley, all the singers, all the actors. Thank you so much for what you've done. Now, stay standing. Stay standing. Although we have, you're going to stay standing here because I, I got a great exercise. Although we have proceeded in an incredibly timely fashion, we still have a very, very, very important part of our worship service. And I think to fully enjoy it and appreciate it, you need to stretch and you need to say something nice to your neighbor. Okay, that's enough nice things to your neighbor. Your neighbor feels very edified. Go ahead and have a seat. Out of the gratitude of what we've received today and all the blessings that God has lavished upon us, we're going to go to our Father now in prayer. We'll take up a contribution for the Lord's work. And then as we're taking up the contribution, I'll explain the last and very special part of our regional service today. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for the privilege of being able to give back to you a small part out of the abundance that you privileged us with. Thank you. For this privilege of giving, we pray that the monies will go to further your word being implemented here on earth. And that good news will truly ring out for all men. And there will be the healing that you always intended for mankind. And through Jesus I pray, amen. Hey, Lana, could you grab my briefcase? Forgot something. Sure. 
May you have the elders and their wives for the Costa LA region, uh, minus the Bairds, who have been called to the Middle East for a mission of healing and ministry. To encourage those who are suffering and hurting at the tragic death of Maher al-Hin. And so they're not with us today, but they send their love. Um, but the rest of us have gathered to, first of all, we're going to honor two very, very special couples. And then finally at the end, uh, Papa Joe and his wife will give us a very special announcement of something we can anticipate for next year. And then he'll close us in prayer. But first of all, I'd like the Williams to come on up. Um, the Hebrews writer, as he was coming to the close of his message for believers, he said something very important. He said, remember your leaders and consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. Twenty-two years ago, when Lana and I moved to Los Angeles and were trained in the ministry by the Williams, we had that privilege to be able to observe on a daily basis the way they led their lives. We uh, have benefited from it so tremendously because of all that they were willing to impart to us and to so many others in this audience and throughout the Los Angeles church. In a very special way, they have served uniquely more than almost any other couple I can imagine in sector leadership, regional leadership. This is leading different sized groups. And for the last 10 years, leading, as it's grown from five to almost now 6,000 disciples, the entire Los Angeles uh, church as congregational evangelist and women's ministry leader. For the last four and a half years, they've played a pivotal, instrumental role in putting the South and the West, the former South and West together, what is now the Coast LA region. They have gone the extra mile, and then some, and after that, some more. They've moved up and back twice from their home in Orange County to be more available to members, living here first between 2009 and 2010 for a year, and then recently in this year for around nine months, as there were some needs that were very cute in our region, and they stepped up to the plate, and at the request of the elders and the elders' wives, reinserted themselves to help us during a time of great need. I am profoundly grateful, as is Lana, and I just wanted to take this time to let Bruce and Robin say a few words, because we owe them a debt of gratitude that we'll probably never be able to repay, but... Thanks to Lana bringing up my briefcase. Uh, we do have a, a gift from the Coastal LA region. It's uh, a gift certificate to a restaurant where they can go and remember all their good memories of working here in the CLA. 
because this will be their last service with us for a while. They're going to be focusing their efforts and energies and talents in a different area. And we have an announcement, of course, following this on what's going to be going on here in the coastal. But this time, I give you Bruce and Robin Williams. Thank you so, so very much. And uh, I do want to share with you our gratitude and love for this uh, region. Um, And a special thanks. I have specific groups that I want to thank because you've all meant so much to me in so many different ways. Special thanks to the elders and the staff for being with us on our journey of learning and leading uh, since 2009. Special thanks to the singles for loving and taking care of our Miyoko and Jason. Thank you to you campus students who have embraced our children, Stuart and Ashley, and now Baby L. And really want to thank the families in South Bay that we were able to work with for a few months with your families and the D groups that we had. That was very special to us. I want to thank the West Side who've endured some trying times, but are still loving and growing stronger. And special thanks to the Statons for being able to come in and help in that way. And, of course, Long Beach is always a joy to us. And uh, we're just uh, really uh, happy for the relationships that we have with all of you, with the elders, with the Marichis, and how much they've done and given to the region here. And as we all know, you know, any year has its ups and downs. But like the psalmist said, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And I've kind of uh, translated that in my own words and said, better is one year in God's kingdom than not being in God's kingdom at all. Amen. (laughs) You know, um. We uh, started working together in 2009, and it really began with a dream that we would be able to do things together that we could not do apart. And I do believe that over the last four and a half years, we have seen God do some amazing things in this region. And, of course, we give all the glory and honor to him, but I know that were it not for the hearts and the humility of everybody in this region, God would not have been able to work like he did. And uh, I'm so very, very thankful uh, to each one of you for your hearts, for the way that you pour yourselves out continuously every day to the service of God. And uh, as Robin has already done so well going through all of the different groups that we, uh, we have a special place in our heart for, Uh, We want you to know just how proud we are to be a part of this group. And even though we're moving back out of this group, we still have you very much in our hearts. We love you dearly. And uh, we're going to be praying that God will do even greater things in the years to come. And we're so fired up about Steve and Jackie and all of the staff in the Coastal LA region. It was just so inspiring to be here today, to be able to participate in uh, really this entire service and just to see how God really is moving in such a powerful way. We love you. Please keep us in your prayers. Thank you very much.
Mark and I have the, uh, and our wives have the privilege of making a very special announcement to the region. Um, in keeping with our gifts, Mark will share from his heart, and I will read the fine print here. As you know, the region has been operating without the benefit of an affirmed lead evangelist and women's ministry leader for most of the year. Over the course of those months, Steve and Jackie have stepped up to take on many of the duties that this role is meant to fulfill. They have gone above and beyond their job description and even their moral duty to take on many undone tasks as the true servants they are. As we move into a new year, the elders believe it is in the best interest of the church of the coastal L.A. region to have a recognized region leader couple who can provide leadership and training for the staff and work with us, the connecting ligaments of this body, to build up the church in our communities. And so after much prayer and discussion and with the input of the body of elders, the L.A. leadership group, other region evangelists, the CLA staff, family group leaders, and many members from all the ministries of the coastal L.A. region, your elders are happy to announce the appointment of Steve and Jackie Marici to the role of regional evangelist and women's ministry leader for the coastal L.A. region with immediate effect. We appreciate their heartfelt service to the church and look forward to this new chapter, and we would encourage and exhort all of our members to make their work a joy, and as together we continue to know God and make him known. Amen. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, it's been almost a year uh, since Catherine and myself and Justin moved to the West to help out with Alan Gloria, and, uh, you know, uh, Towards the end of the year, uh, when some of the plans that we thought that God was going to come through for us in regards to a new leader, it kind of fell through. We, we needed somebody to help us out, and uh, that's where Steve and Jackie stepped in. Uh, you know, in the play that we just saw, I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, one, of the, one of the sheep had a little problem up, f- up front. <laughs> what Steve did in helping out was what he did with the West. It was kind of a picture for me. He was able to come in and help out a sheep that needed a little help there, and... Uh, <laughs> That's what he did for us in the West. You know, Steve and Jackie came in with us sheep and helped us out, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, you know, the Greeks had a word for the, uh, a picture for the word sincere, from my understanding. It's the idea that, you know, these Greek guys would make these vases, and uh, sometimes you didn't know if you were getting a good vase or not, because they would try to pass off cheap vases that had cracks. And you don't want to buy a vase that has cracks, you know what I'm saying? Because you want it to hold something. But the way that they would describe a vase that didn't have any cracks would be called sincere. Steve and Jackie are sincere. They hold water. They hold God's Holy Spirit. They have shown sincere leadership. They've shown sincere service. They've shown sincere love. And they've shown sincere Uh, I hope I say this right. Catherine's the French expert. Uh, Joie de vivre. The joy of life. They've shown that. And we see that. And we're very thankful for all that they've done for us in the West. I know they will continue to help us in the West. And uh, we're just so excited to have them. So please, uh, again, commend Steve and Jackie. 
Uh, we're going to give them a chance to say something, but uh, thank you so much. Well, I want to start out by, uh, before I go to the, as Andy said, the fine print, the not-so-fine print, but I really want to take the opportunity to thank each and every one of you. Uh, I'm so grateful that God guided us to the coastal L.A. region, such an incredible group of men and women that love God and want to do the, the best for God on so many different fronts. And I, I can't think of another place I'd rather live, even being able to participate in what we have the opportunity to this morning. I, again, I just really want to commend Gina, Brian, and the entire production this morning. It was incredible. But uh, getting to the not-so-fine print, I do want to thank Bruce and Robin Williams, as well as God, who uh, called us back into the full-time ministry a little over three years ago. Very, very, very grateful for the opportunity to re-engage on this level. In a special way, we want to thank the Coastal LA elders and their wives, the Bairds, Wingies, Shumps, Eads, and Kramers, as their love, support, wisdom, courage, and encouragement have been absolutely priceless to Jacqueline and I during the last few months. Jacqueline and I feel we have the greatest team of elders, evangelists, and their wives that we've ever had the privilege to partner with and serve with, uh, alongside in the past 23 years of being in the ministry. We're also very faithful and excited to see what God will do and how He will grow our faith, our wisdom, our love for Him, and love for one another, as well as the lost in the year ahead. We truly believe that we're on to even greater things in the entire coastal L.A. region and the L.A. family of churches, all for God's glory. Please uh, be praying for us as we strive to serve the region in a manner that will bring God glory. We see our new roles of partnership with each and every one of you as we all labor to build a church, a church family that we can be proud to give to our children. Um. Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, God is faithful. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to think about and to realize is the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And because of all of you and all the things that you do that no one will ever see or notice, only God knows, uh, because you serve in all the little ways here in the coastal L.A. region, we are able to do what we do. And that is how God intended it to be. Yeah. So thank you, because we all need each other. And these are all his cities that we live in and that we serve in. And it's his church. And we are his people. So please be praying for us and the Coastal L.A. region and the L.A. family of churches to do even greater things and bring God greater glory in the days to come. Thank you. God bless. Love you guys. Stay right here. Join with me in prayer as the elders lay hands on Steve and Jackie, and we go to our Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for the way that you have worked with the Marichis. Thank you so much for the Williams guiding us to them and for their willingness to really completely re-evaluate their plans and all that they, you had prepared for them, God, to take on an assignment that was daunting. God, it's been so obvious to those who've watched them that they trusted you every step of the way. 
God as they now take on another level of leadership, which really just means another level of laying down your life, becoming empty so that they can be filled by you. Father, I pray that they will always feel your presence, your love, your kindness, your sovereignty, and your strength. That you will be with them, and that we will be the type of congregants and disciples and friends that will make their work a profound joy. That we will honor your name, Father, and that many more thousands and thousands of people will hear the true message of the gospel. And it will be great news. So, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. been an incredible Sunday, amen? You know, um, it's nothing like the feet of good news, isn't it? And so, Sarah and I, you know, I don't know how good our feet are, but we bring you good news. It is great news for us because Sarah and I, we've been serving as elders and elders' wives in, uh, in the coastal region for uh, almost seven years now. And we've been serving, uh, holding up the, the wall of Greater Long Beach and also with the Latin ministry. And so it's been awesome. But God is faithful. He knew that one day that, that we would get the help that we needed so that the Latin ministry could be fully taken care of and fully have an elder to hold up their side of the wall as well. And so today what we anticipate and we're excited to announce that on February the 9th, we will have an incredible man of God by the name of Louis Catunio as an elder. Right now, I want Louis and Eunice to go ahead and stand on up so you can get a good look at them. God is so amazing. And as he has... Raise them up during the time, God, guys, that, that we really need elders. As I look around the room, you know what? Just not Lewis and Eunice. One day, some of you will fill this role. That's awesome, isn't it? So what I want to do right now, I want us all to stand up and let's bridge the gap. Let's bridge the aisles here. We're going to say one last prayer. Then Brian is going to do one, one final song at the end of this. But what I want you to do is just touch each other so that we can cry out to God for the help of all that's going on, not just in the coastal region, but also in the L.A. church. Amen? I didn't know this was going to be such a daunting task. (laughs) But you guys go ahead and stay standing after this, and we're going to have one more song. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we sing your praises loud. Because, Father, we know that you are God who has given so much to all of us. And, Father, as you give to the coastal region, Father, you also take away. 
And what I mean by that, Father, I see how Bruce and Robin has came and gave so much. But then you take them away. But not to take them away from the church. But, Father, just to move them to another height in their lives. Father, I pray that you protect them. Father, that they go in your strength, Father. Father, that they can do even greater things that they can even ask to imagine. Because, Father, I know that you will use them in a great and powerful way. Father, we pray right now for the Marichas, Father, that they take on a new role. Father, we know it's a role, Father, that's been designed and cut out just for them. And, Father, we pray, as Henry did, that we can make their work a joy in every way. Father, we thank you ever so much, Father, for the Cotunios, Father, as they put their hands to the plow. Father, that they never look back, but, Father, they go forward as new elders and elders' wives in the coastal region. Father, we have come so far, and yet we have so much further to go. Father, help us to, to make this journey an incredible journey in the rest of our lives. Thank you, Father, for the coastal region and all of the members, Father, that work so hard to stay faithful. Father, we pray that you're with each and every one of us during this holiday season. Father, we pray that Santa Claus will come. <laughs> Father, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. You can remain standing. I just have a couple announcements before our final song. Uh, as Joe mentioned, we'll be back here all together on February 9th. That'll be our next regional service. The week before, February 2nd, Super Bowl weekend, there will be a service happening here for all the Latin ministries of the L.A. Church. And we wanted to announce it to all of you because uh, you're welcome to attend as well if you speak Spanish or you have family members who speak Spanish or who would be interested in the, fam in the uh, Spanish ministry. Please feel free to bring them. Shh, just two more announcements. Uh, the children's ministry has asked that if you have kids in children's ministry, that right after this song's over, if you could go grab them from uh, children's ministry, that would be great. Also, the South Bay ministry has a baptism today. Uh, Lori Blessing is going to get baptized at 1 o'clock. Her, uh, her husband got baptized a few weeks earlier, so I was asked to read this. It's going to be at 1 p.m. at the Blessings Home, which is 516 Esplanade Unit C. All right, we're gonna, we've had a, a tradition, tradition in the uh, Coastal LA ministry of our Christmas service, closing out with a holiday special every, uh, every time, that we kind of sing to each other. So uh, one of our special uh, uh, teens, Mika Costa, is going to sing a song for us right now. So let's give her your attention, but I also encourage you to sing along with her to each other as we close out with the song.
Saturday. 